Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media. This week's Law & Order Marathon Widget... This week's Law and Order. This week's Law and Order Marathon winner is Bridget Goudreau of Laguna Hills, California. Bridget will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoy and Brady Carlson, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and Order, Law and Order. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today, we're looking at the return of the mothership, Law & Order Season 21, Episode 1, The Right Thing. But it's a legal confession, Nolan. Cops are allowed to lie. They are. But it makes the confession less reliable, less ethical. No. If it's legal, it's ethical. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcasts, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. I'm a good cop, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Yeah, that'll be uh, for America to decide, actually. <laughs> Rounding out our panel is our special guest from the cool, weird, awesome podcast, our first ever five-time returning guest, Brady Carlson. Hello, Brady. I just want you to know, Kevin and Rebecca, I speak my mind. It's just how I'm (laughs) wired. Yeah. If you don't like it, it's your fault. Does he get a jacket? Does who get a jacket? Brady, like an SNL when they get the five-time oh, jacket. Oh, yeah, we're going to have to come up with yeah, some kind of... Jacket. Is Steve Martin going to come out now and Tom Hanks? <laughs> no, just Martin Short, unfortunately. Or sadly. No. <laughs> we'll have Profaci come get you. Oh, <laughs> Profaci. He's just going to drop off some luds on my front porch. There you go. There you go. So, Brady, where were you when you found out the mothership was coming back? And did you start to cry? I, well, yes, that's that was a given. And on, I, I, unfortunately, I have to admit I was on Twitter. Always. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who isn't? I'm not even on Twitter. And I was on Twitter. And that's how I found out that Law & Order was coming back. And then I thought, mm. well, at last nature is healing. Mm. <laughs> well, look, I mean, some shows reboot like uh, Hawaii Five O or Magnum P.I., and some restart, like The X-Files <laughs> yeah. or Murphy Brown or, um, you know, Will and Grace. We've seen a bunch of these. Law and Order coming back. you have any reservations? Because all those that I listed, none of those were any good. What are you talking about? 
You thought you the X Files? You think Murphy? Oh, you mean they should be the reboot when it comes when it comes back <laughs> okay. around again? When I mean, they, what are you talking when about? When they you know dust off the jalopy, all right, change the oil, put it back out there. I'm just going to say that is not why I had reservations about this coming back. Oh, okay. Well, I want to. <laughs> that ask is not the- why America had reservations about this coming back, right, Brady? That is pretty much where I came down. I, I mean, it is not exactly in this day and age the first show you'd think like is going to cure what ails our culture. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go with the most unapologetically pro-cop show since Dragnet. And Law and Order Moscow. Jam that right into the zeitgeist in 2022. Now let's take a look at the first half of this episode, Law and Order Season 21, Episode 1, The Right Thing. Well, when a man goes on TV to claim he didn't rape 40 women, you know he completely raped 40 women. Mm. Kevin Bernard and his new partner, Frank Cosgrove, find famous singer Henry King shot outside his home. First time in 20 years people actually care about a black man getting shot. That's funny. If it was a joke. If not, you can save your speech for someone else because I am not in the mood for politics right now. Music to my ears. Why is that, Frank? Excuse me? Hey, hey, we have a murder to solve? King's wife, Veronica, says she was at dinner during the shooting. The detectives learn King owed money to his agent, and he reneged on a deal with inmates for protection. He also was captured on video getting into an argument with a woman. Lieutenant Kate Dixon identifies her as ADA Jamie Ross. Jamie says that she promised not to prosecute King if he testified in a civil trial for an accuser. But when dozens of victims stepped forward afterwards, she reversed herself, an error which got his conviction overturned. The detectives learn Mrs. King's alibi doesn't add up, and she later claims that she went to a bar to avoid her husband. Video also shows a person in a green hoodie loitering near the crime scene. DNA on a discarded cigarette comes back to Nicole Bell, King's first accuser. Cosgrove finds a green hoodie in the clothes dryer, and Bernard says Nicole got off at the subway station near King's Brownstone. Plus, the murder weapon turns up by the dumpster where Nicole was waiting. In the interrogation room, Cosgrove bluffs Nicole, saying they have the shooting on video, and that no one is going to prosecute her for killing her rapist. The woman admits to killing King, is then arrested, and is shocked, shocked! That police in 2022 would lie to her to get a confession. Mm. Well, bad timing for uh, Henry King to die, according to his agent. Then he fires me three days ago, just as we're about to close a $50 million deal with some podcast company. $50 million podcast deal. With Spotify. With 100%. Spotify. They, yes. Who else would it have been He's with? just asking questions. He's just doing his own research. Who else has $50 million, A, to spend on a podcast deal? No one else. Yeah. That's- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people have that money, but they're not giving it out like Spotify is, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, he he's not even a comedian like, well, to say, Will Mosby. You know, would you really want... <laughs> $50 million for a singer? <laughs> Will Mosby. You could just say Bill Cosby. There isn't some sort of like AI situation scanning this for text, Kevin. No, I, I, <laughs> I just don't want to give it away, Rebecca. <laughs> I think it would, would be great to listen to this. If you're a serial rapist like me, you need a bed that's firm but comfortable. Mm. Go to Casper Mattress and use code Rufy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, you knew this was going to go off the rails early on. And oh, yeah. It has. 
So I hope everybody's enjoying the ride. That's right. <laughs> we'll see if we last longer than Henry King did. Oh. So, by the way, it, it does feel like Law & Order, except the opening credits have gotten tweaked a little bit. Have they? The music? <laughs> Here's the thing. And, Brady, I want I really want your take on this. Because you're a musical person and a visual person. It is 2022, right? So, their modernized take on the original Law and Order is to take exactly the same grainy ass visuals, not even Ken Burnsing. Oh no, they no, they did do that. <laughs> a little. Yeah. And then just have one shot of just a little bit of buildings going by. Did this in any way look like 2022 graphics to you? I mean, I I was just amazed by the old timiness of it. Like it didn't feel did it feel fresh? It did not. And and the thing that struck me when I was watching that opening sequence was there's still a still frame photo in there of a perp hiding their face behind a newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) Who has newspapers? (laughs) It's a great photo, though, I have to say. It's classic. It's like it's like the uh, still photo on the SVU credits just says molestate. <laughs> you know, I just as as someone who still works in media, I hope we never get to the point where newspaper publishers are like, you know, a cell phone is never going to hide your face when you're under indictment the way that we do. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want us to to fall to that level. So season premieres of Law and Order aren't usually flashy like other TV shows, but there is one thing you can count on, and it's that the cop does not like his new partner. No. Right? Logan didn't like Briscoe. Hey, Briscoe, don't forget it's a temp job. Briscoe didn't like Curtis. He's okay. What, for a kid? I got ties older than him. And some shoes, too, I think. Green had problems with Fontana. Do you remember what he said? No. Hey, man. Ed Green. It's about time they gave me a partner with a little smooth... That's right. Uh, Bernard and Cosgrove do not see eye to eye either. Look, Carol, I know we haven't been working together for very Two long. Two months, but... which makes you the longest relationship I've had in the last six years. Yeah, well, if we're going to keep this thing going, you got to know something about me. I speak my mind. Now, much of the conflict revolves around the topical nature of modern policing. <laughs> we see this after Cosgrove gets heated with a black man in a park and everyone's cell phone comes out. Maybe you should have treated him a little more polite, like a law-abiding citizen minding his own damn business. Truth is, it's these damn phones. They, they've ruined everything. Okay. That's one way of looking at it. The other? They hold us accountable. Kevin Bernard is not a new character. Nope. You know, he comes back. Uh, do you feel like... You know, having uh, Kevin sort of carry the banner for modern policing, does that feel like in line with his original character? It sort of feels like the Twin Peaks reboot and that like <laughs> it's mostly picking up where it left off. But like 25 years have gone by or, you know, however many years it's been. And like, you know, there's been a lot of evil spreading throughout the world. It was pretty obvious that like the network and the producers of the show were like, we need to get the elephant out of the room addressed right away, like in the first couple minutes so Mm -hmm. that the people who tune in to see what Law and Order has been up to all this time aren't like, how can they just do a regular Law and Order episode? They also needed to sort of 
establish Cosgrove's bona fides as an arrogant jackass kind of right, right out of the gate too. And so this scene kind of hit both of those targets right out of the, right out of the first couple minutes of the show. It did not do it very smoothly. This partner did not have a whole lot of smooth. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that it was really about the storytelling. It was really about like getting TV critics to like say, oh, this is a fresh law and order. They're they're taking on tough issues again. Yeah. Well, for decades on TV, we've had the hot headed cop. He pushes the line because it's the system that doesn't work. But now it has nothing to do with that. We hear Cosgrove and Dixon have an exchange and he's angry because it's all about them. Don't do this. Not to me. I'm sick of it, Lou. All they ever do is question the way we do our jobs, our tactics, our integrity. It's like their goal is to pull our pants down at every turn. I get it, Frank. He's just like, I speak my mind. And the thing that was weird to me, and I was trying to figure it out, is in that interaction in the park, he says about the cameras, like, I agree with you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what are we supposed to think? Are we supposed to think that he's like on the spectrum a little bit and he's just like in the moment, like he just says things out loud that a separate person, she's very, very literal? Yeah, well, I mean, like that's 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 kind of what I feel like is going on here. But like they just right, well, we are going to learn later in the season that Bernard investigated Cosgrove years ago when he worked in IAB. Oh, uh, now remember, he's a fictional detective okay. in a fictional world who doesn't play by the fictional rules. Doesn't play by the <laughs> fictional rules. He's going to be written in the way that's best for the show. And okay. so I predict that there'll be some kind of redemption with this character. It may be a long game narratively, but. You know, they want you to like the character eventually, right? NBC does not want the lead character of its flagship franchise to be like an actual racist. Okay. Something like that. You know, it's kind of like with Chris Knopf, they wanted you to wait years later to find out that he sucks. All right, let's take a look at our cast. Okay. So returning as Kevin Bernard is 11-time Emmy nominee Anthony Anderson. With way better hair. Since your husband was released from prison, have there been any problems? Have you noticed anything unusual? Uh, he's arguably the one regular who became a bigger star once he left and then returned. Yep. I mean, one guy was big with a capital B. This guy was, I think, bigger. Mm-hmm. Does it look like he's kind of doing the same character, or do you think he's changed? He's doing the same character, but he's doing the same character who is now, what is it, 12 years further into the job. So yeah. he's still got the same demeanor. You know, his interaction with witnesses, with suspects, with everybody is still the same. Like he is spot on with that, but he's sort of, he's the senior detective now, you know, he's the top guy, you know, he's basically, he's the Lenny Briscoe of this team. So he's the one who's setting the mood. Like he's the one sort of moving the investigation forward. He's trying to keep everybody focused on the job at hand. And he's got his hothead partner that he's got to keep in line while also trying to fight the good fight for the people. Yeah, he also now gets to have the wisecrack over the dead body at the beginning of the show. Every victim deserves respect, even the ones that raped 40 women. It's very hard to see him, like, also not sort of fighting with comedic actor Anthony Anderson. I don't know. It's very—he it, sort of has, like, a comedic actor polish to him that, like, I don't know. I see it. He wanted—he said he wanted the challenge of going back to dramatic TV after doing comedy— this was familiar to him. Obviously, he wasn't going to go if his character wasn't going to be 
written in a way that is true to his values that yeah. he's put out there already. Yeah. So I think that that's that's really great. Anderson graduated from Hollywood High. Uh, he planned on graduating this year from Howard University along with his son. Really? Yeah, but he's on two television shows, three if you count, to tell the truth. Huh. That game show with his mom, two different networks. I don't know how you're going to cram finals in. Huh. And didn't he do a bunch of, like, uh, he did a bunch of commercials. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's he's just keeps it moving. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Last month, we talked about Jeffrey Donovan. He started as a dead body. Today, he's Detective Frank Cosgrove. And that statement you made about cameras holding us accountable. Mm-hmm. I actually agree with you. And rounding out the precinct is Golden Globe and Emmy winner Cameron Mannheim Mm. as Lieutenant Kate Dixon. She fits. Like it or not, we're partners with these guys, so you better stay above the fray. Asapatha Murkison tweeted out right before the show that AVB is passing the baton to Kate Dixon. She's going to do great. I thought it was classy as fuck. And uh, I think that Cameron Mannheim seems really natural in this in this character. Yeah, it's typecast. She totally fits. I think that's her role, right? It's like the the, the tough talking, you know, office bound, like you go do this, you go do that. Like that she was born to play that role. And she had a nice take on the sort of perpetually irritated precinct captain. You know, there I felt uh, and saw a lot of Cragen. In that, you know, it's like, let's just, come on, shut up, you two, and get to the scene of the crime or whatever. Yeah, you jamokes. Yeah. (laughs) So so what are you telling me? You two have bupkis? You came back here with bupkis? (laughs) Go back out there and get something I can use. (laughs) You came back with dick fist? You can say that now, I think. (laughs) So she had three guest appearances on Law & Order before this, old school. Uh, She has been crushing it both as cops and lawyers in recent Roles most recently, she was the homicide lieutenant on Stumptown. She is also fluent in American Sign Language. Okay. Unlike Robert Gorn, who we learned on Criminal Intent, just moves his hands around. <laughs> I do want to point out supporting actress Shavon Webster. She's going to be playing Detective Vertiz, who keeps walking in with new evidence. She's the female Profaci. Oh, Profaci. The new Profaci. <laughs> the exposition pusher. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need LUDs now, but you do need to bring in all the text messages. That's right. So, yeah. <laughs> you two are looking for a German chocolate cake and six grenades, right? Well, look at this. <laughs> She's that. <laughs> I scanned all the video in the city. That's right. Our new executive ADA, Nolan Price, is played by Hugh Dancy, yep. a.k.a. Mr. Claire Danes. Yes. When you asked me to come here, you said, I need someone who sees the world through a different lens. Someone with the guts to make hard decisions. You know him from the TV show Hannibal. And as Dr. Mortimer Granville, the Victorian doctor and inventor of the vibrator in the movie Hysteria. Yeah, I mostly know him as Mr. Claire Danes. I was going to totally say, to me, he's the real world Jordan Catalano. Exactly. Oh, That's and, how I and pretty much it. nothing else. I 100%. I saw his name in the credits and I was like, oh, Mr. Claire Danes is in this show. Literally, I hear the name Hugh Dancy and the first thing I think is Mr. Claire Danes. 100% that is the first thing I think. Can he make her ugly cry in real life? I'm sure he can. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, he got his first role on the British TV show Trial and Retribution, which already sounds like a Law and Order ripoff, right, on the title. His hobby is collecting fake hands. <laughs> what yeah. I really want 
is for this season to explore all of the real life hobbies and backgrounds. Of, <laughs> so like there needs to be a scene where Cameron Manheim's character uses her ASL experience. And there needs to be a scene where Hugh Dancy is walking around with like 15 fake hands. He saying, responds to the sign language with the fake hands. Which one of these can we use when we go undercover? By the way, Hugh Dancy's being on the show inspired the like craziest conversation that's ever happened in our house, which was me saying to Kevin, Kevin, oh my God, has there ever been another instance where a British actor was a regular on Law and Order? And Kevin's saying, what did you say, Kevin? How about Linus Roach? And I said, oh my fucking God, Linus Roach is British? I had no idea. No idea. I've been watching Linus Roach on television for 15 years. I had no idea. Yeah. He hit it that well. <laughs> I didn't know Bob Hoskins was British until he died. Neither did I. Neither yeah. did, did I. I have no UK dar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, so playing ADA Samantha Marone is Odelia Halevi, little-known actress. She's had small roles on TV shows like Good Trouble and Good Girl Revolt. She came to our offices, came here at 4.45 the day of the murder to see ADA Ross. I just keep imagining Claire Danes being like, Hugh, we need a whole other room for your fake hands collection. Do you think he stores them like, like wrist up? <laughs> So like the fingers in here, or is he, did they just lie down like <laughs> thing from the Adams family? Oh, and are the put, left ones all on the left side of the the shelves, you, or are the right ones one, like, on the right where the fingers touch? <laughs> are, are, are they yeah. shaking hands or like what, high fiving each other? Do you think oh, it even point? Or they think, hands. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> they're all like in different stages of rock paper scissors touching hands. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, of course, we have Sam Waterston as Jack McCoy. It really would not be Law and Order without him. It's okay to play the hero, Nolan. As long as you win. We do have in this episode a Hey, It's That Guy. Hey, it's that guy. Can you tell me who is playing our victim, Henry King? I have never had non-consensual sex with anyone, ever. <laughs> that is Norm Lewis, who I embarrassingly know as a black actor who played famously white characters on Broadway, uh, he played Javert in uh, Les Miserables, and yep. he was also the first black actor cast as the Phantom and the Phantom and the Opera. That's correct. Yes, I actually know that, and I also remember him being on Scandal, playing Olivia Pope's, like, I don't know, like, boyfriend or something like that. I didn't watch a lot of Scandal, but I remember him being in Scandal. Yeah, he was also in the Vietnam-themed movie The Five Bloods, uh, he was also in the live televised version of Jesus Christ Superstar with John Legend, Brady. He was playing Caiaphas. Well, who better? We have a Hey, It's That Girl. Hey, it's that girl. Brady, can you tell us the actress playing the defense attorney? No. I, I stumped him. <laughs> I can. <laughs> okay. Who is that, Rebecca? That's Alicia Coppola. You have absolutely no evidence that Nicole Bell committed this crime. Just some random blood-free hoodie that vaguely resembles the hoodie that the person in the photograph is wearing. That's Alicia Coppola, and I only know her because I was in a soap fan. She was she played Lorna Devon on Another World. That's true. <laughs> I know. Oh my God! Wait a minute. <laughs> she was Lorna Devon. Yes, yeah, she was. 
I actually know who that is. So I want to I want to go back and say, no, I can't tell you, but I should have been able to. Did you watch Another World? I did in the Lorna Devon era. I remember her. Yes, wow. she was amazing in Another World. Uh, by the way, she has a cameo account where for $40, she'll send a video wishing your mom happy birthday. I 100% want a cameo from uh, Alicia Coppola. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, can you name the actress who is playing Jamie Ross? <laughs> None of the cases was perfect, but it was clear that Henry King was a predator. So I said, screw it. Let's, let's roll the dice and take this bastard to trial. And we did. But as we all know, the appellate court vacated the verdict. <laughs> Anyone? No. I, okay, I can, but I choose not to uh, so that I do not infringe upon my own constitutional rights. Hey, that is uh, fashion model and resting tired face, <laughs> Carrie Lowell. <laughs> By the way, Carrie is currently making ceramic pottery full time. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, her website shows these beautiful vases and bowls. There isn't a single price listed. I don't know if these are for sale. Or if she's just having professional photographers come in no. and take... Listen, when you're an artist, that's what you do. Why would you list a price? If there's one thing that Brady Carlson needs to complete his collection, <laughs> it is collection. a pair of Carrie Lowell with salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> <laughs> I have my autographed Jerry Orbach photo on a yeah. special shelf on a bookcase in my living room. And yes, there is an open shelf right next to it. So Carrie, let's talk. So she played Bond girl Pam Bovier in License to Kill. It was with Timothy Dalton, so sorry. That's one of the better ones. She is the ex-wife of actors Griffin Dunn and Richard Gere. Hmm. Remember, their divorce took over three years. Just like Jamie's divorce on the show. Yeah. Oh, my God. That yeah. I, I didn't think the show would ever get canceled because I just figured the divorce would be, you know, indefinite it would just keep going yeah like her divorce from richard gear by the way it went that long because she wanted custody of the hamster <laughs> okay so as we said surprise cameo by jamie ross now back is it wasn't a surprise it was literally in the credits i know <laughs> uh so remember that jamie uh, started as a defense attorney she left to become an ada she left that to go back to defense left that to become a judge on trial by jury, and now is back as an ADA. I guess she just can't hold down a job. She's one of those people who, like, her LinkedIn profile, like, will crash your web browser because it just <laughs> keeps going and, and the page can't load. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, you, you, you remember that she had been married to Neil, mm -hmm. got married to David, and now she's out on a date with a guy from the box of Just for Men. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I guess she can't keep a guy either. That's mean. So like Walt Frazier and Keith Hernandez were standing behind that table doing this commentary <laughs> on their date. I don't think keeping a guy is her highest priority, in my opinion. Staying out of jail, apparently. <laughs> is, uh... <laughs> All right, so back to the investigation. There's one big clue on video. Someone who may or may not have been connected to the case dropped a cigarette on a Manhattan street corner two days ago. Oh, I... I'm feeling lucky. I'm not, but that's just me. And as we all know, a cigarette on a Manhattan street corner will stay there like it's been preserved in amber for 65 million years. Yeah, I mean, reminder that smoking outside is the only place you can smoke. True. And that's where everybody leaves their cigarette butt. Absolutely. <laughs> the one cigarette butt in all of New York City. 
Now, remember, that same person who left that one cigarette butt, who left their preserved, also has only one stocking outfit that she (laughs) wears every (laughs) single time, even though she lives in an enormous home and apparently has lots of clothing. Well, that's the uh, that's the the hoodie that she keeps her smokes in. Yeah, apparently the yoga teacher. (laughs) So they go to execute a search warrant at Nicole Bell's home. We're investigating a homicide. A homicide? What are you talking about? Is your wife home? No, she just left for work. Okay, hey guys, take upstairs. Wait, is this about Henry King? And the husband has the temerity to ask, what's this all about? Hmm. Your wife has a Wikipedia page dedicated yes. to this. Anybody else wonder what that giant gold thing hanging on the wall in the living room was, or was that just me? Uh, five bucks says Carrie Lowell made it. <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing I think that would have made it sort of a classic law and order, like spouse of the suspect is if he had been like, I have to go pick up my kid from the soccer game in 10 minutes. It's like, I'm <laughs> doing a load of laundry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to get this laundry done before I have to go do my taxes, pick up my kid, and also do volunteer work with old people. There is one thing that has not changed on Law and Order, and it's that you can lie like hell during an interrogation. You sure you can. We know that. That's yeah. illegal. Tell us what really happened. Tell us your side of the story so we can help you. Then what? You go home. Nicole, you move on with your life. I give you my word. Now, Nicole is fully aware that her rapist was released because the authorities tricked him into making an incriminating statement. Yes. So how does she not know this is exactly what's happening to her? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking it's because she is one of these people that you can see has a hard time not crying every time she talks. (laughs) Am I wrong? I think it's because they needed to arrest her to get to the second half of the show. I agree. Most definitely. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. All right, now let's take a look at the second half of this episode. ADA Samantha Maroon tells Prosecutor Nolan Price that Cosgrove used legal but deceptive tactics to elicit Nicole's confession. Price goes to DA Jack McCoy and says, eh, he doesn't feel right using the confession at trial. (laughs) The Big Bad Police Department is our partner. And in case you haven't been paying attention, they're under attack. Every decision, every arrest is scrutinized. There are people trying to defund them, for God's sake. And here you are asking me to castrate them? That is not my intent. I just want to do what is best for this case. On cross-examination, the defense counters Detective Cosgrove's assumptions about the hoodie and the gun, causing him to blurt out Nicole confessed to him, nearly causing a mistrial. 
That's when Nicole changes tactics and claims self-defense, with King's wife Veronica as the eyewitness. Price accuses Veronica of perjury because she feels guilty about protecting her rapist husband all those years. But Nicole's testimony about being raped and drugged moves the jury to tears. Sam tells Nolan that Nicole left one detail out about the day of the murder. The defendant visited Jamie Ross at the DA's office. Did Nicole tell Jamie what she planned to do? Price puts Ross on the stand where she pleads the fifth, then gets the disappointed look from McCoy. <laughs> Price and Maroon realize that they're losing the case, and Jack pops in his head to say, Well, too bad you didn't have something like, I don't know, a confession? Price says the jury resents his powerful Caucasian penis and, <laughs> and asks Sam with her non-threatening mammary glands and estrogen-soaked perfume to give the closing argument. Mm. Drawing upon her own tragic backstory, she maintains it's fine to feel sympathy for what Nicole went through, but in the end, she's still a murderer. The jury agrees and convicts her on second degree. Later, Maroon confesses to feeling badly about the conviction, Price advises to just try the case and let the jury decide. And if they get it wrong, it's their own goddamn fault. Yeah. So Nolan Price, we will learn, was uh, like Ross, a former defense attorney who joined the DA's office. And he says, hmm, uh, I'm not feeling like I want to use that confession. Bull fucking shit. Brady, are you a little surprised that hang him high, Jack McCoy said? Okay, don't use your strongest bit of evidence. I don't want you to feel bad. I was really expecting McCoy to be like, you've got a confession. Why are we even going to trial? You know, like that's the line that Adam Schiff would have used in yeah. the old days and and that McCoy himself would have used. It, it was a really odd moment. But I coming back to what you were saying before about like, we just need to sort of get to the next plot point. There mm -hmm. was a lot of getting to the next plot points in here, you know, from the, the argument about cameras uh, on the beat for cops that then all of a sudden they actually agree about to this where McCoy, who would always use a confession suddenly is like, ah, do whatever you want. You know, uh, either like they're playing Jack McCoy now as like, you know, I don't even care anymore. You damn kids do whatever the hell you want. Kind of character. He's gone full shift. <laughs> He's like, just let me eat my damn sandwich. Hmm. God damn it. Well, he said Maroon though, liked the, she liked the Cosgrove confession. She's like, you did a damn good job yeah. lying to that suspect. You did a damn good yeah, job. Yeah, they catch him, we cook him. Come so on. This whole thing is like, it's like the parallel to the scene at the beginning with Anthony Anderson scolding Cosgrove, right? We yeah. have now the attorney They're trying saying, to address a lot in the- It's like yeah. there's two parallel scenes. There's a cop- bad behavior scene and the and the you know the lawyer bad behavior scene and like the two the two trying to do things right scenes that then are completely counterbalanced by a bunch of shit going wrong scenes like yeah. that's just how this episode it's the nod to hey like hey you criminal justice warriors out there you just <laughs> just so you know we see you now we're going to railroad some people and all you, <laughs> and all you blue line flag loving people that made this show possible just so you know we're wait, still here wait. for you yeah McCoy even dropped a little bit of like they're trying the, to defund us for fuck's sake hey we have to support them we're two separate but equally important groups exactly exactly <laughs> we both represent the people Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the yeah. way, I don't know how Price becomes executive assistant district attorney by looking at Bernard 
and looking at Cosgrove and picking Cosgrove to go on the stand. Detective, please refrain from drawing conclusions. I apologize, Your Honor. I'm not drawing conclusions because the defendant actually told me she tossed the murder weapon into that dumpster when she confessed that she shot Enrique. Sustained. Counsel, my chambers now. How did he pick Cosgrove? They were both there. I guess it's because he's the one that found the hoodie. Bernard, you put him on the stand. He was in the room when she fessed up. He didn't ask her anything terrible. He didn't lead her in the wrong direction. He's not a hothead. He's not a hothead from Dunkin' Donuts. No. That is a very good question. Yeah, I tell you, the one thing that Price doesn't have that Stone and McCoy and Cutter all had was that voice of righteous indignation. No, he didn't have it. What Henry did to those women, it's unthinkable. So you agree? You're testifying because you feel guilty. You're trying to help Nicole get away with murder so you can feel better about yourself. I am here to tell the truth. You mean rewrite the truth? He's just a little too... Emo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, McCoy would have said, you feel bad about what you did. And then like wiggle his head like like a like he's so mad. Yeah. This is a guy who refuses to put in a confession during a murder trial because it would not be the right thing to do. He then prosecutes a rape victim, says every woman on the jury hates me. So I'm going to make my female assistant district attorney rehash her family's horrible history with rape Correct. and murder. Correct. So I, I cannot I cannot give the closing statement because that would be victimizing the person who's on trial. So I'm going to victimize my coworker instead. Correct. I have a question. How many times? Who was it? A relative of Sam that was murdered? her sister. Her sister. Her actual sister. He said to her. You told me a story about your family once. You know what I'm talking about, right? It was her fucking sister, right? How many times in the show are we going to hear this sister story? Are we ever going to hear it again? Never again. It's going to be every single episode. He's going. You know what? I. You know what I think? I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I got to play the sister card here again. I. Just, I think we're not going to win unless we talk about your sister. Brady. Brady. It's already been put in the wiki. And that's and it'll never be it heard of again. Has to be every episode or never again. And you're right. It was. Horrible. The worst thing. Cosgrove, by the way, we may not agree with what he did, but he is right. And he is literally right that what he did was legal. Yeah. And I have to say, I don't like Cosgrove given what we see in this episode. But also what we see in this episode may lead me to believe that if the law were different, he would have behaved differently. I hope so. Because that's what he says. He says, go to hell. Excuse me. I catch him. You cook him. That's how this is supposed to work. We talked about I don't care what we talked about. I'm a cop. I'm a good cop. Like it or not, I get paid to lie to people like Nicole Bell. Just stop trying to change the world. Do your damn job. I'm a good cop. I'm doing what I'm allowed to do. He's not wrong. Yeah, I actually have, like, some hopes for this character. I, I do like too. his little whistle thing that he whistles at people. Hey, hey, how you doing? Is that the dude from Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh. <laughs> with a little the whistle. The blue face with the mohawk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really like, and, and I don't know if it was a scheduling thing or it was a COVID thing or what, but I really wish that they had been able to make it work that McCoy was the one who walked into that restaurant and sat down with Jamie Ross. Same. And had that conversation. You meet with Nicole Bell the day of the murder? No comment. Jamie, don't do this. I'm not having this conversation. You're a prosecutor, for God's sake. I already ruined that woman's life. I'm not doing it again. I need to know. I'm not talking. I mean, seeing a brand new character 
pull it off just because like you're supposed to trust the executive assistant district attorney to be an important character. Like it was fine, but it wasn't a big moment. Like Agreed. having yeah. McCoy and Ross sit down together. Jamie, we work together on lots of big cases. This is a big case. We got to do this together. You know, like that would have been a, a law and order moment. Yeah. And even like when she passes him in the courtroom, they're not in the same shot. They, they might not have even been at the, they're the same day. It just, to not have them in the same frame together was yeah. kind of a disappointment. Carrie Lowell can still furrow her brow really well. Yeah. <laughs> she, you know, her character may have taken a, you know, pretty big left turn here, but like she can still sort of pull off that look that she used to use during every cross-examination. I mean, it, she just brought it right back. I don't know what happened to Ross sort of after her appearance on the stand, but she's wearing a cardigan in court the next time we see her. So I'm assuming it did not go well. Hmm. Uh, now, remember, the last time that we, as Americans, saw Jack McCoy on television, it was on SVU, and he was in the office of Raphael Barba, who resigned after he smothered a baby Correct. in the ICU, and McCoy said to him while he's packing his boxes, you don't have to do this. <laughs> it's like, what do you have to do to get fired at that place? You have to have, be, have a vagina. You have to kill two babies? <laughs> Can we all just agree for a second? That pleading the fifth is also completely fucking legal. It is. Like it's it a is, bad look if you're the prosecutor, but it is a but... constitutionally protected right. Mm -hmm. Correct. Did you meet with the defendant on the day of the murder? I refuse to answer on the grounds that it may incriminate me. You're taking the fifth. I refuse to answer on the grounds. Uh, that it may are you saying that you committed a crime sustained. or that you're complicit? Back off, Mr. Price. Like you are, like in any one of us could be brought into a courtroom, no matter what our jobs are. And we could be asked a question. We could say, I plead the fifth. We could all do that. That is a constant, whatever our jobs are. Like, why would she get fired for that, but he wouldn't get fired for smothering a baby? That is a very good question. I wonder if in the exit view, Ross turned to McCoy and said, Is this because I'm a lesbian? <laughs> Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Rip from the Headlines. You think you know who did you it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Rip from the Headlines. This episode is inspired by the criminal case against actor and comedian Bill Cosby. Since the mid-1960s, the entertainer projected a wholesome image as an educator, a father, and a sitcom star. But in his personal life, Cosby had been drugging unsuspecting women and raping them for decades. During the 2000s, allegations of past assault surfaced, but most of them would be on the statute of limitations. 
Realising his office couldn't criminally charge him, a Pennsylvania DA made a deal with a comedian in 2005. If Cosby would testify in a civil suit filed by Andrea Constant, they wouldn't use any of his statements to incriminate him. Cosby admitted to drugging women with qualutes and assaulting them, and the suit was quietly settled. Ten years later, Cosby's civil trial testimony leaked. Now a new district attorney filed charges based on Cosby's 2005 statements. In 2018, he was convicted of raping Constant and received a three to ten year sentence. His lawyers appealed, and in June 2021, the state Supreme Court agreed. They ruled the new DA was bound by his predecessor's promise of immunity, and he had invited Cosby to violate his Fifth Amendment rights during the civil suit. His conviction was overturned, and later that day, Bill Cosby was released from prison. Okay, guys, this case actually is not yet over. Isn't it? Uh, On Friday, the Supreme Court will decide whether or not to take the state's appeal and reinstate the conviction. Oh, the Supreme Court? A six to three conservative majority. Where do you think they come down on the side of law enforcement or on the side of civil rights? Brady, look at your read the tea leaves. Where do you think they'll go? I don't know that they're going to offer him a $50 million podcast. But beyond Mm. that, uh, who knows? Yeah. What's interesting is that the law enforcement versus civil rights side here, like, isn't exactly what like it's not how we would do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is what's hard is that like. This Supreme Court is more like a good or evil Supreme Court than like a traditional like like a law and order Supreme Court. Right. I don't know what that I mean, they're probably just going to go with Bill Cosby. That's what we don't want them to do. Right. Yeah, I think there's a small number of cases they actually take up. I'm not certain they would take this one up. Yeah. Uh, Showtimes, we need to talk about Cosby just came out. We covered it this week on Crime Writers on. That's great. Brady, can one separate the art from the artist? And can you separate the benevolent achievements of a malevolent person? No. Uh, And I'm speaking as much as I am about someone in entertainment as I am about, you know, I've done a lot of reading into history. And the longer that I spend looking back at, like, the presidents, like, the more sort of everything they've done, good, bad, and otherwise, is all really tied in together The problem is as much the evil that people do as it is the the way that we want to make people into important, giant, larger-than-life figures. You know, people wanted to believe that Bill Cosby was all that because they liked his TV shows. They thought his jokes were funny. They liked the image that he put out there. You know, I mean, the, the reference that the character of the wife makes about like protecting the brand is kind of an apt com- uh, thing to say because yeah. this cultural image that this person had turned out to be a huge bunch of BS. And that is, I think, really a lesson in, in sort of how we maybe should not place so much faith in an individual to be anything more than a human who can be capable of greatness and absolutely bonkers evil, sometimes in the same person, sometimes in the same life, sometimes in the same career. Uh, There's another civil suit filed against Cosby. I'm sure there's actually more than one, but Judith Huth claims that he forced her to perform a sex act at the Playboy Mansion in 1974 when she was 15. This month, a judge in Los Angeles said that Cosby may plead the fifth when questioned in that suit. The reason? 
he has a reasonable fear of prosecution if he incriminates himself again. Mm. So there's a whole other cycle going on here. Great. Which is you try to get some civil relief and he can't take part because he will incriminate himself. Why in that one? Why is that true in that one, but not in other civil cases? Oh, well, going forward. Yeah, that, that would, that's the precedent. That's bananas. I mean, might he have like been doing this all along, like in other civil suits? Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know. But I, um, this this makes me crazy. Makes me crazy. This is this makes me just. There's no as, simple answer. To I know this, this makes yeah. it. No, there is a simple answer to this. It makes me just as crazy as when you know how in the appeals process when somebody is on death row and like new evidence comes out where they definitely didn't fucking do it. Uh-huh. And the appeals court's like, oh, yeah, we know you definitely didn't fucking do it, but that's not weak. You can't introduce that because that's not part of the process. The only kind of thing you can introduce right now is a procedural thing because that wasn't available for you at trial 25 years ago. And you should have introduced that then. And therefore, sorry, you still got to like, it's just like that. It makes me crazy. I just can't. I can't even. Can I tell you about the DA that made that original deal? (laughs) Sure. That was Bruce Castor. He was the defense attorney for Donald Trump's second impeachment. Uh, You may recall he gave a 48-minute rambling opening statement saying that impeachment was unnecessary because voters were, quote, smart enough to pick a new administration. If they don't like the old one, they they just did. Remember, he's Trump's lawyer. Mr. Trump was not pleased. Republican senators called it unfocused. Alan Dershowitz said, I have no idea what he is doing. (laughs) It's as if Rudy Giuliani had said, hey, I'm the worst lawyer in America. And Castor said, hey, hold my beer. (laughs) That is going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest, Brady Carlson. Brady, where can our listeners follow you online? BradyCarlson.com. Excellent. Rebecca Lavoie, how can our listeners follow you? At Reb Lavoie on Twitter and Instagram. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can tweet to us at Law & Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Line editing by Henry Lavoie. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast are used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act fair use exemption for criticism and commentary. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. $50 million deal for a podcast. I still can't believe it. These are their stories. I'll take it. Was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.